$5,000 equity. And to lease the building for $36,000, $3,000 a month the first year, to buy the chairs, the 100 chairs, the sound system, and uh, whatever little things. It was $56,000. So I figured we could lose our house 11 times over. Like lose it, lose it, lose it, lose it 11 times over. Or it was going to work. What me signing my name to does not speak well of me. Here, here's how you would really got to see it. It speaks well of him. Your credit's good with me. You, I, you, if you give me the word, see, that's what Simon Peter did. And I have to tell myself this. I got to be free not to cover everything because I just want it, I want it to flow out. So there's a lot in here. So that was for me. Thank you. That's the voices. See, three of the four voices in my head really like all of you. They, re they really like you. We, we, have to, we have to believe, and that natural belief uh, glorifies God. It's not that I was impressed with me. I said, if he said it, then my expectation ought to flow from that revelation unless I don't have a clear revelation of who he is and what he can do. That's why when Simon Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, now put yourself in whatever situation you're in that's comparable to this. He said, Lord, if it's you, See, we don't doubt the Lord, but we doubt our sight sometimes. We doubt, did I really hear you, Lord? And he said, if it's you, bid me to come. And all Jesus said was, come. Now hear this. You have the written word of God in your lap. That's the expressed will of God for your life. And on one verbal word, not a written word, which is the more sure word of prophecy. On one word... Simon Peter was able to do in that moment what he couldn't do just a moment ago. In one moment, he was able to walk on what would kill other people. In one moment, he was able to do the impossible. He expected the invitation of God to transcend the laws of nature and him be able to do impossible things. It wasn't that Simon had great faith. It's that God had great respect and authority. And that was allowed, Simon, because he had an expectation. You don't crawl out of a boat unless you expect to walk. Or maybe he was willing to swim if he failed. See, we're not, we don't care about how we look. We care that our revelation of the Lord is played out in our life. So Simon sank. We know the story. He got uh, Jesus pulled him back up. So after he sank and he got back up, how did they get back to the boat? He walked again. So he walked back to the boat, and the Bible said all the disciples began to worship him. But one of them worshiped with wet clothes. So I don't care what I look like. I don't care how many times I'm stumbled and failed. But I've walked in some amazing places with you. Haven't I, Lord? Haven't I, Lord? And his worship was not concerned about how he looked to others, but how he looked to God. Based on revelation. Expectation is rooted in vulnerability. Like Peter walking on the water. Elijah challenging Balite prophets. And Abraham offering Isaac. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. But I have an earnest expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed. And that my life will bring glory to the Lord. Now, expectation is made sacred while we wait. It purifies our motive while we worship and wait. See, when you have an expectation and the realization of it doesn't come and you worship 
in your confusion. Let me me just tell you something about some of your friends you may not understand. I just thought they were filled with faith. Why are they so discouraged? Why, Why are they so disappointed? If they trusted, why? Because the more faith you have, and the greater your expectation, the greater the disappointment when it's not realized. You ain't believing for nothing. That's why you might not be frustrated or or discouraged or disappointed. I'm waiting for the Lord any moment to break through and to, to reveal His intentions and purposes. The Bible said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When that which I've believed for doesn't come, and I know it's coming, I know the Lord has promised, and I know the Lord is faithful and cannot, not will not, cannot lie. So my expectation is for it to come, and when it doesn't come, it makes my heart sick. But when the Lord answers, it's like a tree of life. That thing that you wait for, when it comes, it's a tree that feeds you for a long time. How many of you were here the day I lifted these babies up? In this sanctuary that God promised us. He gave me one simple word. You will not find your children. They'll find you. We didn't make a phone call. I'm sterile. So no seed. No phone call. No connectivity to the adoption agency. No. See, we figure we have to give God variables. And here's some pieces. And I made two calls Tuesday, God. And this. And I've called this person. And they're going to write back. And we're going to set the ball up on the tee. Can you see it, God? So now you can hit it. Go ahead. And God does just what Ben said this morning. Stepped out on nothing and made everything. Said, I don't need your variables. And when I gave you that word that they would find you, I wasn't leaning on your help or effort or your faith. The faith I give you to believe is just so you can be an eyewitness and participant. And you can see the glory of the Lord. One of my favorite verses, Jesus said to Mary and Martha, He said, did I not tell you that if you believe you'd see the glory of God? If you believe, sprinkled through your life will be unspeakable miracles. And you'll say, that's the glory of the Lord. That's the, how many of you have seen it in your life and in those around you? I've seen it with my own eyes. He didn't need my help. He let me participate. He let me be our witness. Expectation is encouraged by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not speak of himself, but he speaks of Christ and he moves us towards Christ. He says, you can believe him. You can trust him. You can lean on him. You can receive from him. You can call on him. One of my favorite verses is, the the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. When the righteous cry, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all, you didn't hear me, all their troubles. And many are the afflictions of righteous people, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. If I were to ask you honestly, you're hooked up to a lie detector test and we put you on the screen. Are you living expectant? Not just I believe. Well, I believe. Yeah, you know. And you can talk 20 minutes on what hasn't happened. Well, I still believe. No, no. Has that belief worked its way into your countenance? Worked its way into your words? Worked its way into your attitude and says, when you wake up, could this be the day? We look foolish because we hear what they don't hear and we see what they don't see and we know what they don't know. I believe. David said, I don't know who this is for this morning. I almost fainted. I was 
about to go out, but I held on because I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Saul had hired all these soldiers and paid them annually. Their only job was to kill me. He fed them. He paid retirement, Social Security, FICA, everybody. He paid everybody. He said, kill David. That's your job. And he said, I ran. I lived in Gath. I acted like a madman. I, I don't know how I survived. And he said, and I almost quit except one thing sustained me. I had an expectancy. With these eyes, I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he killed my adversary. He exalted me to the king of Israel and he swore that the lineage of my life would produce the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He believed. I'm looking to some of you that are older. Your hair is the color of mine this morning. You have come too far to peter out now and to dilute now and to stop. Listen, you've got experiences that are anchors to your soul. You've got to remember don't go out now uh, uh, tepid and quiet. Well, the Lord knows. No, I believe. I believe. Sing it. Shout it. Pray it. Write it. Testify it. I'm going to get my own CD. I told you that before. I'm getting it today. So when I'm down, I can play it to myself. Say, Preach to yourself. Number two, the expression of expectation. It's unmistakable. It can only be personal. And it is uncommon. It is uncommon. Turn in your Bibles with me. 1 Samuel 17. I want to read five verses here. 1 Samuel 17. See, your, exp your expression may not look like mine. It's supposed to be unique. It's supposed to be catered to how, uh, you know how you're wired. Uh, it's supposed to flow from you authentically. So you don't pattern your expectation after someone else, but it's uniquely yours. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking at the index, say amen. No, don't do don't, don't. First Samuel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Lord, which way do I go? Left. Turn left. All right. First Samuel 32, we should be on the screens as well. This is where David had went to just take cheese to his brothers. It's a very fascinating story. His father told him, just go take cheese to your brothers. I, I'd rather had something else, but he's taking cheese to his brothers, and he gets there, and Goliath is taunting the people of God. He's blaspheming the name of God. This is where we find ourselves. Okay, look at verse 32. And David said to King Saul, now I want you to carry this, this theme, okay, that his expression... The expression of his expectation. Your expression will be uncommon, but it'll be authentic. It's not like anyone else's. So look at this. Uncommon words. David said to King Saul, you don't just go to the king. If, if, if your position in life is you bring cheese to people. Watch what the devil says. Who do you think you are? Who do you really think you are? I'm a believer. So see, we're not intimidated by kings or popes or bishops or apostles. Or we, we respect authority, but when it comes to my belief, all y'all come down and God is exalted. I believe. So uncommon words. He spoke to the king. Uncommon insight. He said, let no man's heart fail because of him. See, when you have divine perspective, you see that your 
actions or lack thereof causes change or does not allow change in the life of the believer. You see your influence. David said, hey, because Saul's not doing anything and all the, the, the mighty men aren't doing anything, the people's hearts are failing them for fear. So he's got not only uncommon words speaking to the king, he has insight. He goes, enough of this fear. Your story played out helps eliminate fear in the life of other people. Well, God, if you gave John a baby and another baby and a bonus baby with no seat, God, see, fear, when we live in community and we see what the Lord has done for you and we know God is no respecter of persons. So David has uncommon insight. He has uncommon courage. He said, your servant will go fight with the Philistine. And Saul, of course, they come. And any time you have expectation, understand that unbelievers and uh, lukewarm and backslidden Christians are always going to talk you out of your victory because your victory testifies to their unbelief. If you're victorious, okay, let me pause. Some of y'all, let me pause. I've told you this before. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry. So I'm talking fast. You go to Wendy's, you get your job, you're hired for minimum wage. And there's no line. The rush hasn't started yet. And you go in the back and you get a bottle of Windex and you get a mop. And you're cleaning and you're doing extra windows and everything. All the other minimum wage people looking at you. They talk amongst themselves and they come pull you off the back. And go, what you doing? What you mean? There's nothing to do, so I'm clean. Stop. You got to quit this. They're going to expect. What? The church. Not everyone, but many people in the church oppose, if not vocally in their heart. They don't want you to be victorious because then their excuse is eliminated because someone was dealt the same card you got and built a life out of it. So see, if one can do it, David said, hey, your servant will go fight this Philistine, and they began to mock him. Saul said, you're not able to go against this Philistine. Uncommon reasoning. You're but a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. But then, see, here's what you do with your faith. You bring out your history. It's important that you have your own history. I'm grateful for the heritage of my mom and my dad. But I can't walk in it. I got to have my own stories. I got to have my own God. My own Christ. My own scars. My own uh, walking on the water. I have to have my own. David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and he took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him. Okay, time out. I went after him. You're watching 200 sheep, and we got some goats. We ain't got no sheep yet, and those goats are dumb. Y'all ain't told me about this farm life. Nah, loud. Okay, so you got 200 sheep, and a lion comes and gets one, takes him off. You ain't got no rifles. You ain't got no guns and pistols and you got a piece of leather connected to some, a pouch. And he said, I went after him. The average Christian today goes, well, we still got 199 of them. You know, what's that one? But to the believer, we understand that our life is a trust. It's a trust. It's why we teach the children 
when we feel like it or don't. That's why we give sacrificially when others don't. That's why we, I can't let one just go by because that wasn't yours to take. And he said, I came after him. Okay, what verse are we on? And I smote him. So there's courage and power. And I delivered it out of his mouth. There's success. And he arose against me and I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. There are your victories. I don't know which beard he grabbed, the lion or the bear. But that, is, that's, that could make for a bad morning. You grab a lion by the beard. People that, people that feel God is with them, and I'll get here in just a moment. They're, the Bible says with the righteous, those are in right standing with God. They're bold as a lion. We're not scared of the terror by day, the pestilence. The, 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 the unknown at night. We're not scared of the next card. We're not scared. We may be flawed, but we're not scared. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. And here's what he said. Your servant, me, slew both the lion and the bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. That's prophesying. That's him speaking to his future what he believes to be true about God. There's his expectation. He said, and this uncircumcised Philistine is going to come to the own uh, end. And here's why. Not because I'm special, because he has defied the armies of God. He's defied God. And in your life where you are believing for and defending the name of God and the glory of God, you can conquer if the motive is pure. And David said, moreover, here it is, underline it in your Bible. The Lord that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. Any of you got people like that? They'll believe God can do something for you. They don't believe in themselves. Saul's like, mm, the Lord be with you. He didn't believe. He was thinking better you than me. But David had the awareness, the uh, maturity to connect past victories to present difficulties. Past victories. See, some of you that don't know my whole story, you'd see me on stage, you know, you got your little suit pants on, and you're preaching, and you've done seven churches, and you think that, that I'm up here. Listen, I am the least of the people in this building, but I have seen his hand so many times. I have seen his hand so many times that I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of tomorrow. I ain't scared of the socioeconomic dilemma of our, our world or the geopolitical fabric. I'm not scared of none of that. My life is hid in Christ with God, and I ain't scared. I'm not scared. Because we believe. He said, the Lord that did this for me. And that's for someone specifically today. If you would just connect what he did yesteryear, it would give you perspective for today. Now, with the Lord watching, how many of you, you can say with integrity that God performed unassisted miracles, which means impossible unless he did it in your life? Okay, Connect them. Connect them. Connect yesteryear to today. So David... Got out and saw Goliath, and he started a little smack talk. And, you know, uh, Goliath said, I'll feed you to the birds of the air. David wasn't real practiced at this. He goes, well, not only am I going to feed you <laughs> to the birds of the air, but your armies too. <laughs> and so it kind of went back and forward. 
But then something beautiful happened. He didn't sit here and put the rocks in the sling and start mumbling prayers. He's already prayed up. And the Bible says he picked up five other smooth stones. Now, we don't know this is the why, but I find it mighty ironic that Goliath had five brothers in the Bible. That's like some of y'all. Y'all are just real bold. You're like, I got this one for you and these are for your family. I got these right here. I got something for all of you. That's ridiculous. That's not. He wasn't that confident. And the next verse said, and he ran towards him. That's how you know what he believed. He wasn't waiting on Goliath. And that little boy ran towards him. Dead shot. Now, he's covered in armor that weighs more than David. That rock is not going to go through his helmet. Unless God blows behind that thing or decrees. Maybe his helmet tilted a little bit and it sunk into his head. But the rock didn't kill him. The Bible said David picked up his own sword and cut off his head. And when he lifted that giant's head up off the ground, the Bible said that Israel come out of its hiding and routed the Philistines. Could it be the victory that's on the other side of your greatest obstacle would bring revival to your home? Because people like you and I, we can't overcome. We can't be restored. We can't make it. And one of my favorite lines, I'll save it for a later sermon, but I I submit to you when he cut his head off, he shut up. Pray for your pastor. All right. There's no way to get all this done, but we're going to try. There's confession when we expect. Jesus asked the blind man, he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. There's tenacity in our expectation. That woman with the issue of blood who had had a constant period for years. And the life is in the blood. And life had flowed out of her. She was anemic and, 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 and weak and grayish in color like a corpse. And she crawled on her belly All the way to Jesus because there's no way in her weakened state she could have pushed through the crowd. So she must have crawled. And what what was her energy? She had said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. So the expectancy brought out an expression that you might thought was unnecessary. But for her, I got to do what I got to do because I know... That there are times that he touches me, but sometimes I can touch him. And it pushed her through the crowd. It, it produces confidence, like the three Hebrew boys standing in front of King Nebuchadnezzar who didn't bow when the music played. And they said, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Small k. But whether he does or not, If we burn up in this fire, we want you to know that we're still not going to bow down and serve your God. It's it's bodacious. You'll declare things and other people say, shh, don't talk that way to the king. I'm not scared of that king. I'm scared of this king. I have a fear of this king. And with the believer, that verse ought to be over the refrigerator of your heart. All things are possible to him that believeth. All things 
It's not that he does everything. It's that as long as I have faith, there's hope that God can step in, step through, speak over, shatter, bring to life. And most of the things God does for you, you never see coming. Just the power of it. And finally, number three, the response to expectation is varied. The response by God and others, it's varied and multifaceted. But most often it's unrecognized. The world doesn't understand our expectation. The self-righteous despise it. The backslidden grieve over it. The devil and demonic power oppose it. Yet no one can do anything to stop your expectation. No one. Ben, if you'd come, please. Listen to this statement, would you? And you might not have time to write it down, but just listen to it. Divine expectation catches the eye of God. It moves the heart of God. It opens the mouth of God. It moves the hand of God. And sometimes it releases the power of God. Every time you expect from the Lord based on his identity and his word, he sees it. It moves him. It moves him. That you don't just believe, but you are making preparations. And I ain't said, listen, my journey's been like yours. Failures, potholes, successes, all of it goes together. When he gave us that promise, and my wife exercised a faith that I didn't have to, I heard a word from the Lord. She didn't hear it. She heard John, who's like, yeah, you know, I need to hear from myself. But I told her, I said, Kelly, I promise you, the Lord has heard our prayer. And you know what she did on a second-hand word? She bought the pieces for our nursery. And she put that bed in there. You remember the picture from TJ Maxx? And we hung it with the anchors on it. She bought the sheets and the pillow. And the tears of that barren womb fell because her husband had no seed. And she painted the room. And we got stuffed animals and everything. And it, it came. And God saw it. It was not my prayer. It was her expectation. They says, I can only do what I'm going to do. And you have given me a husband that cannot give me a child. But I don't look to him. I look to you. And every morning when she woke up, God watches her. Doesn't he watch your laying down and you're getting up? He watched her walk by that nursery. God can. And we get a phone call from someone we don't see twice a year who knew a lady we've never met, who knew another lady out of town who we've never met. And we met the birth mother and she says, so if I carry these babies, you won't change your mind? Not on our life. And isn't it funny that when we brought them home, we didn't take them to our bed. We didn't take them to the kitchen. We didn't take them to, oh, there's a bed already prepared for you. Final thoughts. Jairus in the Bible, his daughter was dying. And I, I still can't go there as a dad. These people that have buried their children, I'm just telling you, I, I'm, I'm pretty pragmatical and I can talk through. I, I can't. You just, I beg the Lord, if that would ever happen, please just take me home. I just, I, I can't, I can't. 
His daughter's dying. And he went to go get Jesus. Who do you think sent him? The mama. She ain't leaving. You think about it. They both love the daughter, but the mama's like, you go get God. I'm not leaving. And he went. You know the story. I won't give you all the details. He said, I want you to come back and heal my daughter. And, and Jesus said, okay. And then word came to him from home. He said, don't trouble the master. Your baby's dead. And Jesus turned to him and said, just believe. You see? Some people, there'll always be people that see the dead daughter more clearly than they see the Christ walking back to your house. The facts were the daughter died. But the truth was that Jesus said, I'm going to heal your daughter. And this is what I wanted to close with today. I'm going to show you expectation. So when they get home, Jesus said, why is all this mourning? She's only asleep. And they all started laughing. He said, get out. Get out. This meek mouth, get out. All of you that have come to, to be mourners, get out. Get out, get out, get out. And he took James, John, who else? Was it Peter, the three? Okay, now watch. So I got ahead of myself. So picture, let's say it took a half a day. How many mamas? I want you to wave at me, mamas. Did she ever put that baby down? Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. And that baby went limp in her arms. Come on, God. Come on. And when Jesus walked through the door and he put everybody out, he let her stay. Why? If she didn't believe, he'd have said, Mama, put the baby down. Get out. She's looking at him and she's saying, I don't care what I've seen. I don't care what I've held. I don't care what it looks like. Your promise is. And you wouldn't have come back if you weren't going to do something. And Jesus raised that girl from the So, are you hiding behind? Yeah, I believe with no expectation. Stir the gift of God. Stir it to where there's such an expectancy. Well, what if the Lord didn't give you a baby? Then we would have an unoccupied nursery. I can't be responsible for what he does, but I'm responsible for what I do. And if I believe, I'm going to see the glory of God. So with every eye open, we'll do this very quickly because it's way more to do with what you do in private than here. I have expectation or I... I'm going to have it before the sun goes down today. God, this was for me. I want you just to stand where you are. Maybe you stopped believing for something. Now I want you to bow your heads. And those of you standing in a simple, concise prayer, tell the Lord what you heard and what you're going to respond to it. Heal my family, Lord. Heal our home, Lord. Heal our marriage, Lord. Heal me from cynicism, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. 
Heal me, Lord. I still believe. Some of you are holding something dead in your home. And all God wants to know is, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Chris, are you still here? Darty, Chris, are you still here? Chris, come on up, please. Church family, in just a second, Chris is going to close us in prayer. Last thing I want you to get from me today when you go home. Don't try to fix nothing. But if you can look yourself in the mirror when you go to bed and say, I am expecting to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Anything can happen. Because God is faithful. I don't know about you, but I needed this word. Amen? Sometimes you feel a little weak. And mentally you keep telling yourself, I got this. We're going, we're going. And then a word comes out like this and actually backs up what you're saying and speaking. Man, it's amazing. Amen? If you would, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord God, we felt your spirit starting from the very beginning, Lord God. And we want to thank you in advance for all the testimonies that's going to come from this word. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. And we give you all glory for what you're doing in our lives, Lord God. Even if we're grabbing hold and holding on to the end, Lord. Because we know that you will come through. You are the King of kings and we love you. Amen. Have a great Lord's Day. Amen.